Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. We're going to go with Peter. So let's just look at Luke chapter 22. You've all heard this story. We talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but I want to take a dive into what happens when Peter actually denies Jesus three times. All right, so here's what it is. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. If you got your Bibles, awesome. We're going to be there. We're going to read a couple verses, then we're going to jump down to verse 54. But if you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. All right, this is what it says. Luke chapter 22, uh, verse number 31. This is what it says. Simon, Simon, which is another, another name for Peter, just so you know. Watch what it says. Satan, this is Jesus talking. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Listen, does that fire anybody else up to know that Jesus is interceding on yours or my behalf? That Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for Peter that your faith should not fail. But watch what he says. So when you have repented and you turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you. And even if I die with you, even if I got to die, I'm going to die with you is what he says. But Jesus said, no, 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 Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know who I am. Then jump over to verse 54. It says this in verse 54. Turn your page 54. So, so they arrested him. This is after the fact that Jesus has been put on trial. They arrest him. They led him to the high priest's home. And Peter, watch what it says, followed at a distance. And the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and they sat around it. And Peter joined them there. And a servant girl, watch what it says, noticed him. There's something different about this guy named Peter. In the firelight and began staring at him. Come on, stare at your neighbor real quick. Just stare at him for a second. Just stare at him. I'm getting some of y'all date right now. I'm getting, that's the first time you look at your wife in two weeks. Come on, you're welcome, sir. You're welcome, man. I'm just kidding. But Peter followed the distance and said, again, this little girl, she starts staring at him. And watch what it says. Finally, she said, the man, this man right here was one of Jesus' followers. But watch what Peter did. Peter denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. Verse 59, about an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And watch what it says. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Just confirming what Jesus had said just a, just a little while ago. And watch what this says. This is the one thing in Luke I love so much that this little nugget of truth is in there. It says, at the moment, at that very moment, the Lord Jesus obviously turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And watch what it says. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. So we're going to look at this guy named Peter today. And the title of today's message, if you want to write it down whenever you have a seat in just a second, is this idea. It's a test. It's a test. It's a test. So let me pray for us. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Do what only you can. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, 
Amen, amen. Come on, if we love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house for Jesus in this place? And go ahead and have a seat. You can have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, it's a test. It's a test. It's a test. I like this idea of thinking about uh, Peter in this series. And maybe, is there anybody in here, I like to ask questions like this, is there anybody in here that are good test takers? You just love taking tests. Anybody out in the room? Come on, we don't like you if your hand's up in the air. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. We do like you. I'm saying, because here's what happens. How many of us bomb tests? Like, you are not good. You can study all night long. You can study all week. You can know the material. But how many of us get the shakes whenever we get into taking a test? Come on, somebody. Wave at me if that's you. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand that. I've been there. I know what that feels like. I'm a terrible test taker. I, I, I remember what that's like, and I know how that feels. And again, I think sometimes the most confident I am in a test are the tests that I actually bomb. Come on, somebody, right? Anybody ever been so confident in a test? Then you get into the test, and guess what? You fail the test. Anybody ever been there? No? And Aubrey's like, no, I ain't never failed no test. Okay, just me in the room, all right? Like, I've, I've been there. Like, I mean, I could study. I, I got a mechanical engineering degree in college. And, man, I remember studying that, and I remember going through the, like, and, and having everything. Man, I knew it all. I felt like I knew it all. I would get in the test, and when the test happened, guess what? Your boy would come back. I'd be feeling good about it. And guess what? A D on a test. Come on, somebody. somebody I'd be, I would fail it. I would, I would do really bad. Sometimes there's something about taking a test that messes with you sometime, right? And I got to thinking about this. I got to thinking about this guy named Peter and this idea of, what he just went through, it's a test. And there's a couple things that I want to share with us today that I believe that if you and I will understand that we're marked, that there's going to be some things a lot like Peter that we got to get ready for. So I got a few things I want you to write down. I want you to start there because I think note takers or history makers, there's actually a note taker sheet in uh, the front pocket that's right there in front of you. If you want to take some notes today, again, I believe God's going to speak to you today. And then I believe maybe sometime this week you need to go back and review it. Okay, yes, that's exactly what I'm walking through right now. And and the very first thing I think we can see from the life of Peter, first thing that we can understand from his life is this idea that if you're marked, listen to me, you are a target. So if you're marked, you're a target. And I, I, I'm experiencing some of this, I feel like even this week, just in my own life, but Peter himself is a target. The disciples are marked, that God has a purpose for them, God has a plan for them, and guess what? They are a target for the enemy. And so what I want you to know is that when you're marked, you're a target as well. Tap your neighbor and say, you're a target. You're a target. You're a target. Watch what it says in Luke chapter 22. It says it like this, verse 31. It says, Simon, Simon, this is Jesus speaking again. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. And I don't know about you, I haven't been doing much sifting of wheat lately, so I, like, I had to look that up, what that process actually looked like. And uh, if, if you go back and you kind of study the biblical times of what sifting might look like in the Bible, like wheat was sifted through like this large strainer. And what they would do is they'd take the wheat and they'd put it inside this large strainer, and then guess what they would do after that? They would shake it violently. they shake it like crazy. All right, tap your, I mean, grab, your, grab your neighbor and shake them violently. Don't do that. Don't do that right now, right? Don't do that. But what they would do is they would take that weed and they would shake it violently. Okay, this is a sifting process. They would take and they'd shake it violently and the dirt and all the other impurities that was stuck to the grain actually would fall through the threshing process, through the, through the holes that were in there, and it would separate the good from the bad. It separate the good things from the bad things. Then watch what Peter literally is saying, you know, or what God is saying to Peter. Hey, listen, Peter, I want you to understand something. Jesus is saying, hey, hey, listen, like the, the whole idea of what Satan wants to do to you is he wants to shake you violently, and ultimately he wants to crush you and wreck your faith. 
And listen to me. Listen to me, y'all. Look at me. The goal of the enemy hasn't changed in thousands of years. That the tactics of the enemy haven't changed in thousands of years. It's a new day. It's the same devil. It's the same tricks. He doesn't have anything new. And you need to understand that when you're marked for the gospel, there is a target that's on your back. There is a target that's on your life. Even the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief, the enemy, you know what he does? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But come on, is anybody thankful for that next half? That Jesus says, hey, you know what? But I have come so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Is anybody thankful for Jesus? That yeah, we may have a target on our back, but Jesus has come so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, let me hear a good Pentecostal amen in the church. Right? Listen, I'm just telling you, like, thank God for that. But I just want to warn you, just like Jesus is warning Peter. Listen to me. You have a target on your back. Jesus is warning Peter. He said, hey, Peter, listen, you're marked. I've called you. I've purposed you. I've set you apart. I, I, be ready. Be alert. Be on the lookout. You've got a target that's on your back. And what I had to believe is that Peter remembers this conversation with Jesus because later on in one of Peter's uh, books that he writes in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 3, watch what he says. It's in uh, chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 8 and 9. He tells us after, I think he's reminiscing on this conversation with Jesus. He says this, Be, uh, stay alert. Somebody say, stay alert. alert. Y'all didn't sound like y'all was very alert when you said that. Somebody say, stay alert. Yeah, yeah, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. What's he doing? He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is a target that's on your back. But watch what Peter goes on to say. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that the family of believers, those other people that are marked for purpose, they have a gift on their life, they have a calling on their life, they're all over the world. They're going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And Peter is reminded by Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, listen, when you're marked, you're a target. When you're marked, you're a target. Be alert. But secondly, what I love so much is that Jesus told him that he's covering him. What I love so much about that is that Satan, hey, hey, listen, Satan's want to sift you like we, he's want to shake your life violently. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith would remain strong. Listen, I love the fact that Jesus said, hey, I have pleaded in prayer. And just remember, Peter, I've marked you. You might fail, but your faith isn't going to fail ultimately because once you've ultimately repented, you turn to me again, you realize that you're marked, I still have a purpose for you. You know what I want you to do? Go strengthen your brothers. But it ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because when you're marked, you're a target. Listen to me, y'all. Jesus did not promise to remove the target off of Peter's life. He just reminded Peter that even with the target, that he would be with him and God still wanted to use him. So what I want to challenge some of us in the room, I came to remind somebody today that you are marked. That God has a plan for your life. That you're in this room listening to this, this crazy guy with a microphone in his hand for a reason. That God has marked you. That God has a plan for your life. I want to remind some people in the place, like this church is marked. That God has a plan for our church. That God wants to use our church to make much of him. And some of you, you've walked in here today feeling like a giant target is on your back. That you walk in here and man, you feel like your life has been shaken violently. You feel like your life, that, that, that this week, even for you, guess what? It feels like a shaking has happened. It feels like, man, my life doesn't look anything like I thought it would. My life doesn't look and resemble anything like I thought it would at this point in my life. You, some of you, may not even know which way is up. 
And I just came to remind some of us today that though you are marked and targeted, we serve a God that has given us everything we need for life and godliness, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. That you've been given this amazing thing, that I've been given this amazing thing as, as generals in the army of God, that we've been given his armor, the armor of God, like it says in Ephesians chapter 6. And that every single day, come on, you need to dress up. Every single day, you need to suit up. Every single day, you and I need to put on this full armor of God. What is that, Dustin? What is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Come on, somebody, right? The very first thing you got to learn to do is put on the belt of truth. Because what happens is when you're a target, you got to know what truth is because the devil's going to come at you with lies, and sometimes his lies sound a whole lot like some truth. Sometimes the things that's going on in your mind are, man, they're sounding a whole lot like that's real life. But we've been given God's truth. And I came to remind somebody today, we need to pray something like this. Lord, I put on the belt of truth. I'm going to choose a lifestyle of honesty and integrity. Show me the truths I desperately need today. Expose the lies of the enemy that I'm not even aware of at this time. Right? We need to wake up every day and put on the belt of truth. Then we got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Right, we got to put that on. Ephesians 6 tells us about it, that the devil loves to target your heart. Do you know that? That the devil loves to come after your heart because it's out of your heart that everything else flows. I mean, it's out of your heart that the emotions come, that the words come out of your mouth, the things that you do, it all comes from your heart. And so God is telling us, hey, listen, I'm going to give you an armor that goes over that part of your body. It's the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm, I'm praying every day, Lord, I, I, I want to wear your righteousness today. Like, I want to wear it. I want to put it on, like, literally against all condemnation, against all corruption. God, fit me with your holiness and your purity and defend me from all of the assaults against and from the enemy. Right, let's pray that every day, that we put that breastplate of righteousness on. Come on, the next thing that it tells us about is the shoes of the gospel of peace. You know what the devil loves to target you and say, listen, what you're doing and what you're sharing about the gospel, it will never work with somebody. They won't care. You shouldn't tell them. They're going to get, I mean, you got too many negative responses every time else that you've shared it before, but the shoes of the gospel of peace is us praying, you know what, Lord, I, do, I choose today to live for the gospel at any moment. Show me where you're working. Show me where you're leading me to, and do not let me walk in slack in my walk with you. Right, come on, let's pray that every day. Let's, let's pray for the shield of faith because you know what? The enemy loves to throw arrows at you. Flaming arrows, not just throw them at you. That sounded kind of puny. Like he's shooting them at you. All right, he's coming for you. Insults, false guilt, shame, fear, setbacks, temptation, but the shield of faith protects us from those fiery arrows. And with God's perspective, we can see beyond this current circumstance that we may find ourselves in, and ultimately the victory is Jesus's. Ultimately, the victory is his. And again, Jesus, I, this is my prayer. I lift my confidence that you are good against every lie and every assault of the enemy. That God, you have good in store for me. Nothing is coming today that can overcome me because God, you are with me. And some of you need to wake up and declare that over your life today. Some of you need to show up in this room. Come on, if we're gonna clap, let's give God a big shout of praise in this place. Shield of faith, man, the helmet of salvation. Come on, somebody, right? Because I love it that the fact is that the devil loves to target our minds. Right? He loves coming after your mind. He loves coming after my mind. Even whenever you experience something like, like God, I mean, life-changing, God-honoring, he loves to still come after your mind and your heart. 
And the, I'm going to challenge all of us today, and this is again speaking to myself, let's put on the helmet of salvation. He, the devil loves to make us doubt God, doubt his salvation, doubt our salvation, but thank God for the helmet of salvation that protects our minds from doubting God's saving work with inside of us. So my prayer is thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I'm going to receive it new and afresh today from you, and I declare that there is nothing that can separate me now from the love of Jesus Christ and I place everything I have in your hands today, Jesus. Come on, some of you need to be praying that today because, again, you're marked, you're a target. That there is a, there is a hit on your head in your life that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And then finally, we're given the sword of the Spirit. Right? It's the only offensive weapon in all of the body armor of God, right? Which is the Word of God, the Bible says. It's what it tells us that the Holy Spirit, listen, show me specifically today the truths of the Word of God that I need to counter the snares of the enemy and bring them to my mind throughout the day, right? Just bring them to my heart, man. The, the words that you've written about me, that what your Word says about me, bring them to mind every day, all day, especially when the enemy's at, at, at attack. And this is what I want you to know is though you may be targeted by the enemy, you are protected by the undefeated God. Come on, somebody, right? Is there anybody thankful today that God wouldn't leave us alone to fight this enemy every single day, but that he gave us a plan, he gave us protection, that we can stand firm and kick the devil in the mouth? Come on, somebody. If anybody's thankful for that, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Man, listen, when you're marked, you're a target. I want you to know that. I want you to see that. But the next thing I want you to know also is when you're marked, listen to me, you look different. You look different. So here's what I know. Anybody ever met somebody that they just kind of looked like they didn't know where they were? Come on, somebody. Sometimes that's me in Walmart. Come on, right? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here or whatever. Like, I don't know if you've ever looked like somebody was like maybe out of place or you could tell they just maybe weren't from here or whatever it might be. They just look a little different. There's just something different about them. And I think that if we look at the scripture right here, there's three times in eight verses that Peter is noticed and he's called out for being different. He's called out for being different. You, you were one of those Jesus followers, weren't you? Hey, you were, you were one of them, weren't you? Oh, this guy right here, he might be one of them. I think he is one of them. He's a Galilean. He should be. And listen, I just can't help myself but think that when we follow Jesus, listen to me, we look different. That, that when you follow Jesus, when I follow Jesus, we look different. I love what Dr. Tony Evans said this week on a podcast that I was listening to. He said it like this, it's time for public Christianity, it's time for a public Christianity that demonstrates itself that in every area of life, Jesus Christ is being represented. Though some of you may be a doctor in the room, you're not just a doctor, he said, but God's representative in the middle of the medical field so that the medical field sees what God looks like when God helps hurting people. And some of you in the room might be a teacher, and listen to me, you're not just a teacher, but you are God's representative in education, so that education sees what God looks like when God teaches a lesson. 
Come on, there's some of you that may be students in here, and listen to me. You're not just a student, but you're God's representative in a classroom so that the classroom sees what God looks like when God gives someone a test. You may be a business person in a place. Listen to me. You're not just a business person. You're God's representative in the business world so that the business world may see what God looks like when God cuts a deal or there's a job to be done. Listen to me. In other words, he said, you are to represent God throughout your good works so that people know the quality of your work is tied to the commitment to your Savior, which actually opens up an opportunity for telling them about Jesus because when they get awestruck by your excellence, by your commitment, that you look differently, that you operate differently, that man, there's just something different about you, you can tell them the driving force behind it and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. You may not think your job is a big deal. You might not think that your life is making a difference, but I came to encourage somebody today. When you're marked, you look different. Just look different. I love it so much that if you fast forward in Peter's journey, Acts chapter 4, so this is after he's denied Jesus, he's repented, he's come back to Jesus. Jesus ascends to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit. Watch what happens in Acts chapter 4. It says this, he's standing in front of like a, a council of people that are trying to try him, these guys right here, for preaching that Jesus was resurrected. Watch what it says in verse four, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, watch what it says, and perceived that they were just uneducated, un just common men. Watch what it says. They were astonished. They were astonished. Why? Watch what it says. Because they recognized they had been with Jesus. Listen to me. You may have walked in this place. You know what? I'm just common, Dustin. I'm just ordinary. I'm just an everyday person. There's no way God could use me. Listen to me. When you're marked, you look different. Your life shouts a different tune. Your, 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 your walk walks a different walk. And this is what I know. And I want to ask this question. This is kind of the convicting question I've been wrestling with even this week. Is that, hey, if somebody had to uh, examine your life really quick, like by the way that you're living your life, listen to me. Can anybody tell you've been with Jesus? That's my heart for our church. I love getting together and I love having this ex experience every single Sunday where we experience the power of God, salvation from God. Man, every week people are getting saved. Every single week here at Purpose I'm so thankful for that. And listen to me. I think the thing that, that again, in this old DC Talk saying back in the day, come on, who remembers DC Talk? Anybody in the room? All the old people in the room. Remember them people, right? DC Talk, what it says, the, like the number one cause of atheism in the world is a Christian that says they believe in God and they live life completely differently. And listen to me. If anybody were to look at the last seven days of your life, would anybody recognize that you've been with Jesus? And my heart for our church is that you listen, that you would fall more in love with Jesus every day. That every day you would realize he has a purpose and a plan for you. He's called you. He's gifted you. He wants to use you to make a difference for Him. And I have a passion to help pull that out of some people in this place. I have a passion that there's people outside this walls that God has not given up on, but the world has given up on. And we're going to be a place that, you know what, we're going to look different. We're going to look different. 
Listen, if you can't make a difference unless you are different, and most people want the blessing of being marked by God without the price tag of looking or living differently. And the cost of being marked is you just look different. Just look different. And the last thing I want to tell you about, I think Peter, if we can learn something from him, is that when you're marked, when God has a call on your life, listen to me, when you're marked, a test can turn into a testimony. Right? A test can turn into a testimony. Peter's tested. Come on, one more time. Anybody in the room love tests? Anybody good at tests? Anybody okay? Again, some of you raising your hands right now. Again, like I said earlier, some of the people that, that feel the most confident about the test that they take, sometimes in my own life, I would bomb that test. And Peter, guess what? Bombed the test. He didn't get it right. If I could say it frankly, he failed the test. He failed it. He denies Jesus three times that he even knew who he was. And then watch what he does. He steps back into the shadows and goes back to his old way of life. But listen to me. I believe one encounter with the risen, resurrected Jesus has the ability to change everything. Think about it. Peter and Judas, two of Jesus' disciples, guess what? They did the same thing. You know the story of Judas, right? Sold Jesus out for some money, right? Same thing. Peter just didn't get any dollars. He, he sold Jesus out because he was fearful. One sold him out for some money. But mo both of them made a mess of a situation, right? But the difference between Peter and Judas was their reaction to their failure. See, one encounter with the risen Jesus and Peter repents. Jesus restores him. And watch as Peter's mess turns into Jesus' message. Just a few weeks later, watch what happens. And he stepped back for a little bit. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to be in the shadows. I'm going to follow Jesus at a distance. I'm going to be way back here. But watch when he, when he meets an encounter and has an encounter with the resurrected Jesus and the Holy Spirit empowers him. Watch what happens in Acts 2, verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward. And you know what my heart is for some people in the room today? That you would step forward. That there's some people in the room that would step forward into the calling that God has on your life. He stepped forward with the 11 other disciples. Come on, when you step forward, you got some people around you. You got some people that are willing to step up with you. And guess what? And he shouted to the crowd. Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. Then he goes on to tell them, hey, these guys aren't drunk. That's what they were saying. Yeah, these guys are crazy. No, no, no. They're not drunk. They are just filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives look differently. And then watch what he says in verse 41. After he preaches the gospel, watch what happens. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Listen to me. God can take our test, even our failed ones, and turn them into a testimony. That's our God. That's the God that we serve. I heard this story one time. I heard Pastor Rich Wilkerson share it, and I think it's fantastic. It's this idea, this lady, she was a widow woman, had nothing, had no food. Every day would get down on her knees, and she would pray, fill my pantry with food. And one day, all the food that she was looking for, guess where it was? On the front doorstep of her house. On the front doorstep right there. And this widow was like, ooh, God did it. Ooh, God did it, God did it, God did it. I can't believe it. And then all of a sudden, a man jumps out from behind the bushes, and he says, aha, listen to me. I'm your next-door neighbor, 
And listen, I, I, I bought all those groceries. I went, to the, I went to the Kroger's. Come on, somebody with an S. Right? I went to Kroger's. I used my money. I bought all the groceries. I put them on the doorstep. I jumped in the bushes to watch you come out and praise a God that doesn't exist. And the widow, you know what she said? God did it. God did it. God did it. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. I don't think you get it. Like, no, no, no. I, I went to the grocery. I, you, you're praising a God that doesn't exist. You're praising a God that doesn't, doesn't know anything, that, that doesn't even exist. I went to the grocery, me. Used my credit card, paid for your groceries. Paid for that, got home, put them in my car, got home. I heard you praying yesterday with your windows open. I heard you praying to a God that doesn't exist. And guess what I did? I bought the groceries, put them on your doorstep, hid in the bushes, waited for you to come knock on your door, waited for you to come out. And guess what? You came out and you started to praise a God that doesn't exist. And the widow said this, God did it, God did it, God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm about to go old school Pentecostal right now and have a little testimony time. I'm trying to testify about a God that can take a test and turn it into a testimony. I'm starting to talk about a God that can take bad things and do good things through it. Can anybody testify that there's been a time where it was bleak, dark, desperate, no way out kind of a situation, but that is no match for our God. Can anybody testify that they may have ran into problems, tried? and test that those things produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he's given to us is there anybody that can testify that what Satan meant for evil to take you out to downgrade you to sift you to crush you to shake you violently that God meant it for good is there anybody that can testify that we serve of a God who's working all things for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Come on, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on, is there anybody thankful for that God? Can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Come on, give him a big shout of praise all over this house. Listen, that God can take a test and turn it into a testimony. Come on, stay standing all over this house. Listen to me. God can take that test and he can turn it into a testimony. But listen to me, it requires the right response. That's what it does. Because Judas faced the same test. But guess what? He didn't encounter the risen Jesus. But Peter, man, he had the right response. And I'm thinking all across this room right now that there's some people that need to respond the way that God has asked you to respond. So all across this room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And I know that you're in this place, and I know I can get fired up preaching the gospel. And I hope you get fired up thinking about what Jesus has done. But I want you to know that he did it. If he did it for one person, that was enough. He did it for you. He did it for me. If it was me, just me, he would have been willing to do it for me. And he did it for you. It's so personal about the God that we serve. That's what I love about Jesus so much. So maybe you're in here. And you're in the middle of a test right now. Maybe you've never said yes to him. Listen, right now is a great time to do that. And maybe you're in this place. And again, I'm not going to say that everything is going to be hunky-dory. I'm not saying that just because 
the fact that you give your life to Jesus, that everything's going to make sense, that there's not going to be any tests or trials. No, that's still going to happen. There's still going to be a target. But I want you to know that God is with you every step of the way. He's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. But it comes from a relationship with Him. So you're in this place and you say, hey, you know what? I need a relationship with Jesus. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough on your own. You can't try and do good things. Man, if I could just straighten my life up, then I'll be able to. No, 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 no. That's not what the gospel says. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So maybe you walked in this place and you're weary. You've been carrying a lot. But I just want to introduce you to the Savior that came for us. His name is Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But thankful for Jesus that even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. And the Bible says in Romans that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the mouth that we confess and it's with our heart that we believe, the Bible says. So maybe you're in this room and you need to have a moment right now where you confess Jesus as Lord of your life. You've never done that, but today you need to. All across this room, I'm just going to ask you, invite you to pray something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to pray something like this and just say, Dear Jesus, will you come in my life and will you save me? I trust you. I put my faith in you today. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you gave your life for me. And I, I love you, Jesus. I ask you to save me, even as broken as I am, that you would save me. Be the Lord of my life today. Maybe you're in here and that's something that you just prayed, something like it. It doesn't have to be word for word, but it's the posture of your heart. It's how you ask God. It's, it's not necessarily the word for word that you ask, but you know you need a Savior and you just asked Him to be the Lord of your life. I love that so much. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.